Blog Talk Radio. If you enjoy mining for gold and silver out of God's holy word, you are going to love A Sheep Speaks with Denise Jeter. A Sheep Speaks combines great Bible truths you might not hear anywhere else with nuts and bolts testimonies of how these truths can be applied to your life. A Sheep Speaks with Denise Jeter starts now. A place of refuge, a place of safety, where no evil shall befall us. Is there such a place? Would you like to know how you can dwell in such a place? Well, we will see in the message this morning that there is indeed such a place and the instructions on the way to not only find this place but obtain it for our own are laid out for us in Psalms 91. Come along with me this morning and find out what I'm talking about. We're going to jump right into our scripture this morning in Psalms 91.1. And, uh, you know, the name of our message this morning is Our Hiding Place. You know, we do have a hiding place as children of the King, children of the Most High God. And we're going to see that here laid out for us. You know, his word is true. He's not a man that he should lie. And it's been tried in a furnace seven times. His word has been tried in a furnace seven times. And it has come out like pure gold. And so in Psalms 91, it says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And you know, A.W. Pink said one time that the key to a lot of chapters or verses uh, hide at the front door. He hides the key at the front door. And that is very true about Psalms 91.1. Because the key here to obtaining the rest of this chapter is in verse 1. He that dwelleth in the secret place. It's not to everyone. It's not this verse and these promises are not to the lost. They're not to the casual um, visitor to the Lord. It says that he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High, he's the one that shall attain these promises. And you know that word dwelleth, it just means to remain, to tarry, to abide. So, you know, our, our abode is where we live. It's where we inhabit our home. And so if we dwell in the presence of the Most High, the secret place of the Most High, that means we live there. We don't just visit on Sunday morning or Sunday night. We um, live there and we dwell in the presence of the Most High. So we're, in other words, we're at the door. We're at the throne talking to our Father throughout the day. We start our day with Him and hopefully we end our day with Him. And so that's who... These promises are two that we're going to be talking about today, and that is the key that the Lord left at the front door, as A.W. Pink says. And we see in verse 2, he says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him will I trust. So if we dwell in the secret place of the Most High, we can trust in the Lord. He is our Father, and He wants us to trust Him. How many of us have ever had a really good worldly father, and he was very trustworthy? If he promised he was going to do something, he did it. And then there are those of us who didn't have such a wonderful father, or maybe didn't have a father at home at all, like I didn't. And uh, we didn't learn how to trust our Father. But this Father here, our Father in heaven, cannot lie, and he's very trustworthy. And we see in Psalm 142.5, it says, I cried unto thee, O Lord. I said, Thou art my refuge and my portion 
in the land of the living. So he is someone, it says in one place, it says he is a very present trouble. I mean, a very present help in trouble. And so when we are in trouble or whether we're not in trouble, we can call upon our faithful father and he will hear us. He promises that he will in his word. And then we look at verse three and it says, Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. And you that, that word snare of the fowler, those are not words we use uh, in our modern day English very much. But I heard Charles Spurgeon one time talk about the snare of the fowler. Actually, he has a, an entire sermon on those few words. And that snare of the fowler is a trap for birds. And once a bird gets into that trap and the door is shut and locked, you know, that bird can flap around. He can bruise his wings on the sides of that cage. But that bird is not going to get out until some human being comes over there and unlocks and opens that cage. And we are the same way. You know, the Lord says that he that, uh, you know, when we submit to sins, whoever you submit your members to, you are a slave to that thing. So if we have submitted our members to the enemy, knowingly or unknowingly, you know, through sin, through not listening to the word of God, or even if we didn't know the word of God and we've gotten in this trap, whether it's addiction to drugs or alcohol, whether it's addiction to pornography or whatever that snare is, You know, we can try our very best. We can determine in our heart we're going to get out of this trap. We're going to make a way where there is no way. And we can bruise ourselves trying to get out of this trap. But until the Holy Spirit, the Lord Jesus Christ, comes and opens that trap, he's the only one who has more power than the enemy of our soul. He's the only one who has more power than Satan. And so until he comes and opens that trap, that snare, we are not going to get out. And that's why we need to call upon the name of the Lord today, because he's the only one who can be our refuge, our shelter from danger and from falsehood. He's our fortress, which just means he's our stronghold. I will trust in the Lord and have confidence and feel safe in the Lord. And so all these promises are talking about trusting in the Lord, talking about that we can rest in his protection and in his and in safety and in these days of anxiety and uh, all the things we're looking at that are coming against us these days as Christians we need a place of refuge don't we I know I do and then we look down to verse three and it's uh, actually we've already talked about verse three but you know once again I was talking about Charles Spurgeon's testimony and his um, his sermon and and these are just the snare is just traps and plots and uh, so he delivers us from these things. But, you know, if you don't know the Lord this morning, these promises don't hold true for you. But I have good news. You can know the Lord this morning. You know, all you have to do in order to be saved is agree with the Lord that you're a sinner in need of a Savior. And he says, if you, any man comes unto me, I will in no wise turn him away. I will no wise turn him out. And so we can call upon the name of the Lord today. It says, look and live in one scripture. Look to the Lord and have eternal life and be able to claim Psalm 91 for your very own so that you will have a refuge and a strong tower. You know, there's a song that says we can run into our strong tower and be safe. And that is so true of the Lord. And we're going to be, continue to see that and continue to talk about that through the rest of this message. And in Psalms 91.4, it says, He shall cover thee with his feathers, 
and under his wings shall thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and thy buckler. And I know one time when I was like a really very new baby Christian, probably six months old in the Lord, and I didn't know a lot of scripture, and I didn't know a lot about the Lord. I didn't really know how to trust him or lean on him. And um, and I was in a situation where my very, very small son was going to have to go for the weekend with his dad. It was one of the first times that, that uh, after our divorce that he was going to have to go with his father. And a lot of times they went, they did things like water ski and, you know, ride motorcycles and things that a mom uh, would have much trepidation about. And since mom wasn't going to be there to protect her very small son, uh, about three years old, I was uh, very distraught, you might say. And this is, like I said, this was the first time he would be away from me. So I was crying and, and just, you know, pretty much at the end of my rope. I couldn't do my housework. I couldn't go shopping. I couldn't do anything. I was too distraught. All I could do was cry and and just uh, just beg God to help me. And uh, I did ha- happen to go somewhere, and on my way home, uh, the car in front of me had a bumper sticker that said, in case of an emergency, read Psalm 91. Well, I had no idea what Psalm 91 said, but I did have an emergency. In my opinion, I had a very strong emergency. So the minute I got home, of course, I got my Bible and found Psalm 91, and I read this. And when I got to verse 4, of Psalm 91, where it says, He shall cover thee with his feathers. Immediately the Lord brought a dream I had had the night before. And my little son was was um, sleeping. He was laying down in the fetal position, just sleeping. And I saw these brown feathers cover him. I did not remember the dream or know anything about it until I read verse 4 of Psalm 91. And I knew that I knew that I knew that that was the Holy Spirit saying to me, no, mom, you're not going to be there and you can't protect him right now, but I'm there covered with my brown feathers and nothing is going to happen to that baby because I'm watching out for him. It set me free. I hallelujahed and praised and danced all over the house. And after that, I was fine. I could eat and clean my house or do whatever I had to do. And so, you know, that's how powerful the word is. You know, it can set you free. It can set you free without anything in your circumstances changing one bit because you can see things through God's eyes. And he allowed me to see that he was watching over my little baby son when I couldn't be there and I was so worried about what he was doing. And so, you know, he can set you free too. If you have an anxiety or a worry, God says he's no respecter of persons. If he can set me free or any of his children in the scripture free, He can set you free. I know I also heard Charles Spurgeon say one time, if you find a promise in the Bible, you can claim that promise for your very own. And in this case, of course, and in some cases, you know, a lot of the promises are conditional. In this case, the promises are conditional. It is to the man that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High. So let us dwell in God's presence so that we can claim these precious promises. Then we'll just go ahead and drop down to verse 5. And uh, it says, Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day. And, you know, that backs up another thing that God says in his word. He says, He has not given us a spirit of fear. Your Father has not given you a spirit of fear, but of love and of a sound mind. 
and uh, because fear has torment, and God would not torment his precious children. You know, even earthly, most earthly parents wouldn't torment their children. And the Lord, the perfect father, is not going to torment his children. Amen? And so we see that uh, he is there for us. He's right there with us. And also it says in uh, Psalm 17, 8, he says, Keep me as the apple of the eye. Hide me under the shadow of thy wings. And then in Job 5.19, it says, He shall deliver thee in six troubles. Yea, in seven there shall no evil touch thee. So you see the Bible is filled up with promises. And instead of worrying and wringing our hands about what we think is going to happen tomorrow or what's going on, we need to get into the word, dwell in the secret place of the Most High, and find these promises and claim them for ourselves. And not only claim them, but pray them back to the Father and say, Lord, you have said that you would protect me. You have said that you would watch over me and you would deliver me in six troubles, yea, in seven troubles. And you can just you can just pray yourself right out of anxiety if you will just trust in the Lord and seek him through his word. And then in verse 6 it says, uh, and these are other things we don't have to fear, it says, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. So pestilence and 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 plagues and famines, you know, uh, at one point, um, my uh, husband and I were just sitting outside talking about uh, the fact that there could come a famine. You never know. You, there could come a famine in America, the way things are going. But we were just casually talking about it, you know, just, well, what would we do in, in case of famine? You know, it wasn't like a serious conversation. But we were sitting out, and uh, our neighbor we had just moved to this new neighborhood, and our neighbor came by. And he, as the minute we started talking about that, this man was walking up to us with this box. It was a box of food. We didn't know him. We'd never met him. We hadn't been living in the house probably two weeks. And he says, he, oh, he says, hey, look, I have a lot of extra food. I deliver. Uh, you know, he he delivered produce for some company. And at the end of the day, the produce that didn't get delivered or he had extra or overflow uh, was just basically there in the truck. And so he, he was more than he needed for himself and his family. So he walked up to us, this perfect stranger, with this box full of food right after my husband and I had been talking about what would we do in, the, in, a, in a famine. And, you know, the Lord in his word, he says he will take care of his people in famine. And it was just once again the Holy Spirit just saying, don't you worry your little head about it. I've got it covered. And caused this perfect stranger to walk up to us with a box of strawberries and all sorts of vegetables. And then he said, and by the way, get you a bag and come over here to the truck because there's more in there. So it was like the Lord was just letting us know not to worry about these types of things. You know, he says in his word not to worry about what we will eat or what we will wear because your father in heaven knows what things you have need of. But it says in there, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all these things will be added unto you. So if we seek the Lord, we don't have to seek him anything else. He's enough. If all you have is the Lord, that's all you'll need, you need. You'll find out that's all you need. So he delivers us in all these things. And in verse 7, it says, A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not 
come nigh thee. You know, after 9-11, I was watching the 700 Club one day, and there was a lady on there that uh, was in the second building that got hit in 9-11, and she was a devout Christian. And she said when the first building got hit, everyone ran out of their offices and came close to where the cafeteria was, I believe, just talking and wondering what that huge noise was. And some of the security guards and some of the managers of some of the companies came over there and said, just go back to work. It's okay. Everything's going to be all right. But she said she had the strong impression, very strong, more strong than anything she'd ever felt to get out of that building and not to take the elevator, to get down the stairs and get out of that building right now. And so even the impression was so strong that it even caused her not to be fearful of losing her job or, or getting reprimanded for not obeying, you know, the powers that be. So she immediately, she said she was only like, I think she was four foot 11. So she wasn't a very tall lady. So you can imagine running down. I want to say she was 75 flights of stairs or something like that. So she said she got into the stairwell and she began to run down the stairs. And about the time she got to the street level and ran out of the building, her building got hit. The second building got hit. And she knew beyond any shadow of a doubt, it was the Holy Spirit. But do you know, he didn't speak to any of the other people because they weren't listening and they weren't, uh, they weren't with the Lord. And I'm not saying uh, anything negative about these people. What I'm saying is that she dwelt in the secret place of the Most High. And because of that, she was able to hear the voice of the Lord. And because she was able to hear the voice of the Lord, the Holy Spirit was able to move on her in such a strong way that she knew that she knew that she knew that it was time right now, no matter what, to get out of that building and to use the stairs. And so it was just a wonderful, beautiful testimony. It was a horrible tragedy that happened to many, many people. And I'm not making little of that at all. I'm just saying because she was close to the Lord, she was able to be saved. And that's exactly what verse 7 says. A thousand shall fall at thy side and 10,000 at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. It shall not come nigh who? Remember Psalms 91.1, the key at the front of the door? It shall not come by near he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High God and those that abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So because she was dwelling in his secret place, she could hear his secret voice. Amen. And then we see in verse 8, he also gives us a promise that because of this, these things, we will see the reward of the wicked. He says, only with thine eyes shall thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because, now why will we see the reward of the wicked? Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high thy habitation. There it is again. The reason we're going to see the reward of the wicked is because we have made the Lord our dwelling place, our habitation. And uh, once again, you know, I'd like to I'd like to reiterate the fact that if you don't know the Lord like that and you want to know the Lord like that, he wants that relationship with you more than you do. And all you have to do is come to the Lord and say, "Lord, forgive me of my sins. I need a savior." I I, I repent of my sins and I ask you to forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. 
And he promises in 1 John 1, 9, that if we repent of our sins, he is faith, uh, just and faithful to forgive us of all of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness so that we can walk in the same place that that girl in that second building was walking. Amen. And then we see in Psalms 91, uh, 10 through 14, some of the other promises and the other things the Lord says to his children. He says, There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder, the young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample underfoot. Because he hath set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he hath known my name. So aren't those beautiful promises. The Lord says he will give his angels charge over those that dwell in his presence. He says he will not let any evil befall them, and he will take care of them in plagues and famines and all these things we see coming upon the earth. You know, once again, I, I want to talk about that these things that are coming upon the earth. The Lord says in the book of Revelation and other places that these things will be like birth pains. And we've talked about this before, but birth pains of a woman, of course, we all know, they get closer and closer together. And they get more and more intense. And although we've seen wars and rumors of wars and all these things for, you know, decades, for um, centuries, but they will get closer and closer together and more and more intense as we see the day approaching. And so I believe that we are seeing those days approaching and, uh, and we should look up. He says, look up for your redemption draweth nigh when you see these things coming. I saw a post the other day where they have um, they have created a, a conglomeration of buildings over in Jerusalem, where they have a building uh, to worship the Lord God of Israel. They have a building for the Muslims, and they have a building for the Jews all together. And what they're trying to do is bring us into a one-world religion. You know, it says in Revelation. I believe most of it is in Revelation. Uh, 13 chapter 13 but it talks about the fact that in the end of the days at the end of time there will be a one world currency there will be a one world religion and there will be a one world government and that is when the antichrist is going to come in and go into the temple that they rebuild in jerusalem uh, and sit on the throne and claim to be god and he will be the antichrist and these things are coming upon us. But if we know the Lord is our personal Savior, just like he saved Lot from Sodom and Gomorrah, and just like he saved Noah from the flood, he says that his children will not see wrath. We will be raptured out of here before these things come to pass. But you can see the stage being set as we speak right now all over the world. I invite you, if you have time, to go to Revelation chapter 13 and any coinciding verses that, that are with that and, uh, and just look it up for yourself. You don't have to take my word for it. You know, it said that the men in Berea were more noble than the other men 
in that when they heard Paul preach, they went home and searched the scriptures to see whether those things which Paul said were true or not. So I invite you, all these things that I'm saying this morning, don't take my word for it. Go home and search the scriptures and see if these things that I'm saying are not in there and that they will not come to pass because God's word is true. And it's, like I said, it's it's sharper than any two-edged sword, and it is very, very trustworthy. And so we see, if we look down one more verse, we see in uh, verse 15, which is the last verse, I believe, that we're going to talk about. And it says, he shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. So he promises there to answer our prayers. No, excuse me, verse 16 is the last one. And it says, with long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. So just as the Lord was with the Hebrew boys in the fiery furnace, he's going to be with you if you're a born-again child of God. And he's going to answer your prayers. And we see a, a sister verse to verse 15 in Isaiah 43, 2. And if you don't have a Bible, by the way, that has a, the verses, the coinciding verses in there, that's a wonderful study a tool to have. But Isaiah 43, 2, it says, When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. Once again, that brings up the Hebrew boys, you know, the three Hebrew boys that were thrown into the fire that the king had made seven times hotter because of his very large wrath and anger that he had. And so they threw the Hebrew boys in, and all it did was burn their ropes off their arms. But it said when they came out of the fire, they didn't even smell like smoke. And that's what exactly what it says in Isaiah 43. Two, it says, the fire shall not burn, you shall not be burned, and neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. And so uh, we have, since we have all these great and precious promises, I invite you to just dive into the scripture and be one of those people that dwell in the secret place of the Most High God, so that when there's danger around you and when God would turn you a different direction to help you avoid that danger, that you are able to hear his voice. And as always, we have an apple out of Apples of Gold, a devotional in rhyme. We're going to read that goes right along with our message this morning. And that's going to be out of September the 23rd. It's Apples of Gold, a devotional in rhyme, September the 23rd. And it goes like this. In 2 Samuel 8:14, it says, And the Lord preserved David whithersoever he went. So David dwelt in the secret place of the Most High God, and it says that the Lord preserved him. And that's what we've been talking about today. And the little poem I wrote to go along with it, By the God's Grace, is the Lord knows how to keep us no matter where we go. He always, he's always watching over us, his love for us to show. So if you're forced to walk in a new and untried way, be sure that he is with you every single day. 
Amen. The Lord is with us every single day if we're his born-again believers, the child, you know, children of the Most High God. And I want to thank you for stopping by today. I'm here every Tuesday and Thursday at 11 a.m. And uh, I would and like to invite you also to like and follow and please share this if it's blessed you in any way. That will really help my page to grow if you will like and share and follow this podcast. Also, my website is www.asheepspeaks.org. You can obtain the book, Apples of Gold, a devotional and rhyme on my website. Also, it's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Zulon Print uh, Press. And um, also on our website, we have links to our YouTube page. We have links to our Facebook page. And all of our contact information is on there. If you would like me to speak at your event, your ladies' event, or your Uh, any of your events that are coming up. I've spoken at conferences and other items like that. And uh, also I'm a gospel storyteller. I sing songs and then tell stories to go along with those songs. For any of your events, I'm available. You can find my contact information once again at www.asheepspeaks.org. And uh, I just want to let you know I will be back here Tuesday at 11 a.m. I'm on also on Apple Podcast, and you can find my links on my Facebook page. And so once again, the, the way to get to my Facebook page is just to go to my website, www.asheepspeaks.org, and you will find links to my Facebook page, YouTube channel, and uh, a way to obtain the book, uh, Apples of Gold, a Devotional and Rhyme. Thanks so much for stopping by. I'll see you Tuesday.